how I just haven't had any time to play games, I guess. I don't really... <laughs> I mean, uh, I have adulting to talk about. You could uh, chime in there about okay. how it has been getting in the way of your life. Yeah, a little uh, bit. You're, you know... You're enjoying adulting. <laughs> yeah, the, sorry. I don't. I phrase that as life, like that's the thing, but it's the... The adulting is the life, and the rest of this is everything else. I think else, us so. catching... I mean, I haven't been able to... Other than the last few days where I've been finally back in the group chat, we haven't really talked either, so I figure this is just catch-up time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following any of the World Baseball Classic, but that's been exciting. I have not really, although my uh, wife is watching spring training baseball, which I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... JJ, you maybe should pay attention to the final, which is probably going to be USA Japan. Oh, that might be cool to watch. Otani versus Trout. Oh, cool. I, I mean, it sounds like the person to actually be watching is Trey Turner, who's been hitting 8 million home runs, and I don't know what Trout's been doing. Uh, it's just interesting that the Angels are going to be on the opposite sides uh, when they can't get to the World Series. That's a cool story. Hey, I mean, you know, What's the what's the meme like? <laughs> this is almost as good, like pained, sad face. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> are you winning, son? <laughs> All right, it's uh get this podcast on the road i like the road it's a good book i was gonna say that's where you've been is it i i feel like maybe i would have been in the past now i'm just sort of bouncing between two places that are about a mile apart <laughs> <laughs> although if you talk uh, about the book on the road maybe i've been more on, on that book than the other book the metaphorical road, you know? Yeah, to nowhere. This, this, well, I, you said that. I didn't say it. <laughs> the, you know, this journey through life that we're all on, on We Were Gamers episode 350. Oh, is that... I'm sure that uh, Matthew McConaughey would have something to say about that. I'm sure he would. Uh, Hey, guys. uh, We're back. It's been a little break. Things have been really crazy over here in the We Were Gamers land, as I'm sure... Uh, our on assignment editor Andy can attest to. Uh, yeah, we took an inadvertent one week break. Sorry about that. Uh, I was not able to complete the edit in a way that made me happy about an old episode, and uh, ran out of time to make that happen. So a week break happened. Hey, you know, I'm sure the folks out there understand. Uh, and it's not just that things have been crazy for you personally, although that also has been true. It has been true. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure things are just crazy everywhere. I don't know if this is the case for you guys. Uh, although I'm guessing that it is since we're not that far apart. Uh, it's just been a torrent of rain constantly. Yes. Yes, it has. Uh, this has been one of the reasons that my life has been upside down is I have run an event that cannot be rained upon. Mm. That seems uh, bad for trying to run it 
this time of year, the one time of year in which this, rain happens in this state. This year in particular. Uh, yeah, what is now, what, the wettest year in 20 years or something like that? Something like that and more on the way. Yeah, I mean, hey, all those reservoirs were really low. Now they're full again. That's good, I guess. Uh, too full, by the way. Of course. <laughs> Feast or famine, right? Can't win. Um, oh, yeah, they're damaging levees and dams and all that, right? They've been uh, letting water go from all of them in anticipation of the upcoming storms because they know it's just going to just gonna overflood. So, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I, hope, I hope you don't have allergies because the pollen has been crazy as well in the wake of all this rain. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't had that problem personally, but I can see it because I definitely I've... see stuff blooming uh yeah like love on a battlefield it's like <laughs> i had to explain what the yellow connection you know connection. I, I had to explain what the yellow stuff headed down the drain was to a kid that had never seen it before it was like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's pollen it's like a river of pollen on top of this this rainwater i i have a question for you guys related to this um i used to have even within the last 15 years extremely bad allergies to pollens and and uh mostly pollens i mean like i went to sacramento one of the worst places for pollens in the world and i almost had like an attack like i had to take multiple allergy medications just to make it through the day Mm. and for and and i was wondering have you guys grown out of anything or grown into anything like some some for some reason my body has been like nah we're good with all this stuff now and my eyes have stabilized and they're not changing and they haven't changed for like two decades and my allergies have now just seemed to have disappeared like i have not sneezed since i can remember from allergies um so on that exact topic i can say i used to have allergy and hay fever quite badly when i was young uh, maybe up through high school, but I don't remember it too much in college and beyond. Yeah. Hmm. Weird, right? My One of my little ones has allergies so bad with pollens that during this time of year, she's on like a nasal spray. Mm-hmm. But, and I used to be, but now all of a sudden we've like, it's like she stole it from me. I don't know. I feel bad. I would rather keep it. Food. Yeah. I mean, you know, the <laughs> the body and the immune system work in strange ways. And I couldn't possibly tell you how it works. I mean, speaking of strange ways, I think my my only story that comes to mind that fits in this category is there was a summer when I was in high school where I was suddenly lactose intolerant. Oh, you what? just your body just yeah. flipped the switch. My body and- just decided, nope, we don't want dairy. And like I, you know, I, anytime I would have a glass of milk or eat a bowl of ice cream, I would get like super sick. And it took, it took a little while to figure out exactly what was going on because, you know, if you've grown up drinking milk, why would you think that you're suddenly right, a teenager yeah. lactose intolerant? I've seen you eat cheese. I, it disappeared at the, by the end of that same year. Ah, uh, what? It was very strange. What? Were you in like a new living situation? Were you taking meds? Were you doing something? Like, no, it was you know, the same so place, crazy. Same place we'd been living for years. Not not 
really any changes in habits. It just started happening. I mean, there's then there's the uh, the body's not what it used to be situation of like I had to get a CT scan and one of the notes in the CT scan was like, yeah, you've got a uh, degenerative dis- disc disease already. And I'm like, what? It's 36, man. The guy's like, it's not that bad. I mean, it's like kind of normal-ish amount. I'm like, what do you mean a normal-ish amount of degenerative disc disease? Well, it just means that you know about it. Whereas before, you didn't find out about it until you were 50 and you couldn't walk. Now you know early, so you can like... Do some more yoga, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, get ready to be able to to walk. walk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Get ready to fuse your back in four years. Congratulations. It's normal now. Take drugs that will, in theory, slow it down, maybe, hopefully, while costing you eight eight arms and seven legs. Yeah, add that info onto the top of the pile. Yeah, and how are are spicy foods treating you these days, Andy? Not so great, my (laughs) friend. That would really be maybe the biggest bummer of my life if all of a sudden I stopped being able to tolerate spicy food. I like, seem that to would need kill to me so bad. It would. It. I mean, I'm I'm trying to find ways, JJ, to accommodate my body's requests, but also my tongue's desires. Uh, I can I can hear you. I cur- currently it involves eating spicy foods for a little while and then taking breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what I've had to stop doing is putting hot sauce on every meal, and it seems to work okay. That's maybe sensible just anyway. No, I don't, I don't believe in that. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, a little hmm. chipotle okay. powder on your oatmeal? Go for it. I, hmm. Well, it might hmm. be a bit much, but... Seems a you little do, excessive. You do you. <laughs> you do you. You know, uh, it, it, look, uh... Circling back to the rain a little bit, um, I have some adulting I had to do these past couple weeks. Uh, Fill sandbags, <laughs> almost. <laughs> but it is rain related. Uh, we, did I, I don't remember if I talked about it with you guys or on the chat we have uh, or on this podcast before. But have I talked about there is like an intermittent sound coming from? somewhere in our house that we have been like very it's been very hard to find is it a high-pitched whine oh yeah okay it was uh you have mentioned this and this also happened to somebody else recently uh so i'm curious what you discovered because i couldn't figure it out for them i thought it might be their water heater we eventually found the source and i don't know how we came to this conclusion um but we noticed that the sound is louder anywhere there was a vent in the house yeah a crack in the roof that's whistling wind no okay uh the because you could hear the sound outside which was made me like oh is this like coming from a neighbor's house somehow is it coming from somewhere else you know like what is going on and we hear it differently fan in the attic so most so at least uh, i can't say most i guess i don't know many houses have these like heat exhausts on the yeah, roof right uh, the, yeah pres- pressure turn they're called yeah pressure turn fans basically right right uh they're called whirly birds or you, you see them they're these like turret looking things uh with a circular bulbous thing on the top that spins around right yeah they use heat exchange uh to turn and release air hot air from your house yeah so it's meant to vent the hot stuff out of your attic uh, to cool down near a whole house uh 
Not every house in my neighborhood has these, but some do, and mine does. We eventually figured out that one of these things is making that noise. Oh, you get up there some WD-40, bud. That's what I did do. Uh, (laughs) But the problem is, firstly, we were like, okay, maybe this is in the attic, right? Maybe it's... It's like the pipe or something is vibrating because a lot of the inter- like the information about this stuff on the internet is confusing because there are legitimate reasons why the water cooler or heater could make this noise. Yes, the there HVAC are, which is could make why, this noise. This is why I always go to the water heater first. The the HVAC could also make this noise, right? AC could be doing this. It, there could be like problems with the AC system such that it causes these high whistling noises, these really loud noises, right? But that wasn't what we were hearing. It was intermittent. It was something that would happen, you know, like sometimes and then stop other times. There didn't seem to be any like weather based reason because we'd hear it sometimes when it was raining, sometimes when it wasn't raining. We couldn't figure out why. So uh, we eventually got, you know, decided like, all right, I'm fairly certain this is coming from the roof. We're going to go figure out what is happening and like, okay, we're like 99% certain it's this thing. But like, what can I do if this is this thing? I I don't know how to replace this. I don't know what to do. What I, so I'm like, okay. But the noise eventually got to the point where like it would just be constant. And in some ways, the constant noise is better because you can drown it out a little or think it out in your mind. Right? Yeah, but I, I find that a high-pitched noise is harder for me to tune out than a low noise. That may be true. Um, So eventually it got to the point where I was so frustrated with this that I'm like, I'm just going to go up there and just see what I can do. I'm going to take a piece of wood and jam this thing so it can't spin anymore. Right. At like minimum. Right. And because like if nothing, it's sounding like, you know, there's there's some kind of bearing that's broken. uh, Something else is going on. Right. Eventually, uh, before I decide, you know, before I have gotten up there, right? Because I'm like, I'm not doing this on like a random Tuesday. <laughs> I need this to be like a weekend so that I can like get up there and like do some stuff. My wife comes back to me and says, hey, you know, you should contact this guy that my parents have who, you know, have has done work for them and is like really good. He could get up there and we could just replace this thing, maybe. Right? Like they can't be okay. that exp- Yeah, they're, like, pretty, oh. they're pretty simple technology. <laughs> And okay. you, uh, these things aren't that expensive. They can't possibly be that expensive. Couldn't couldn't possibly be uh, as expensive as the amount of mental effort that was being expended on it, right? Okay. Yes. So we, you know, I called the guy. He's like, "Oh, you know," I'm like, "Hey, would you be available to come check this out?" He's like, "Actually, I'm on my way back from a job. I'll just swing by your house right now." Like, oh, <laughs> this never happens. This okay. never happens. All right, great. I'm here. <laughs> come on over. You know? <laughs> and he's like, I don't have my tools or anything. Like, I just, ha- I'm just in my truck. Like, do you have a ladder? I'm like, yeah, I've got a ladder. Yeah. He's like, okay, great. And, you know, I'll come over. So he comes over. Uh, you know, we go around, and he's like, oh yeah, it's got to be this thing on the roof. Let me go up there and take a look. So he takes the ladder. He goes up, and he's like, okay, there are two. You know, there, there's something going on here. This thing is like not spinning. Hmm balance it's not balanced uh, or something okay. and yeah. it was as it rotates it is tilting on its axis and when it rotates it hits this screw and the rubbing sound is it hitting the screw and it, it's like oh okay 
and I'm not up there with him because uh, I'm like making sure the ladder doesn't fall over. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that seems easy to fix. He's like, yeah, this screw is one of those ones that has like a head, right? It sticks out. He's like, so what if it's rubbing against the head of this screw. Well, if we just replace that with like a flat screw that doesn't have a head, <laughs> then it won't rub anymore, right? I'm like, yes, oh, okay. I love I love these types of solutions. <laughs> just I'm like, like, okay, well, this is like, you can just do this easy. now. And he's like, sure. yeah, I got screws like here. And so, you know, he goes and gets a drill and like goes back up there and does it. And then it was quiet. It was like, oh, my God, <laughs> he fixed it. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> and then another week of rain came. No. Did you put a screw in there that was not uh, meant for outside? No. Oh, it was uh, not quite the, the right sa- side. And the sound returns. Right. Uh, or it, uh, to be fair, a different sound. Right. It was a different sounding sound now, but it was still definitely in the same class of sounds. And so I'm like, okay, like I'm going up there now. (laughs) And I I get up there and it's not rubbing against the screw. So it's not that because I I looked at that and I see, oh, this is a different like I can tell the one that was replaced because the other ones look old and this one doesn't. And it's not hitting that. It's not the, the wobbliness is not touching that screw. So it's not that. And like I, I stop it with my hands and like I just like, you know, forcibly turn it. It sounds outside. The sound sounds so different than when you're inside. It's like a squeak, you know, it's like rusty or something. So I, so like you said, Andrew, I go I go back down. I grab a WD-40 and I come up and I just soak oh, the I'll entire soak it, baby like uh-huh. structure that's holding this thing up. Yeah. And uh, since then, silence. No, no squeaky. <laughs> Yeah, so if it comes back, maybe if it, com- since it's, if it comes since- comes back, where we I'm gonna replace the thing. Oh, I'm just so gonna I'm say gonna uh, it's outdoors. So maybe if it comes back, you might want to use uh, to clean it and then use uh, silicone spray instead of WD-40 because WD-40 tends to attract grime. Yeah, so a hundred percent. That's what like the internet says to do. It's like, oh, look, you have to get like silicone gel and like use this stuff. It's like these bearings probably that are wearing out. And or like this metal on metal thing. Look, they can't I be also that expensive. Looked, yeah, a hundred percent correct. Uh, I also looked at the other ones on my roof, and there is something different about this one than those other ones on the roof. It's old. Those other, older, very likely. Uh, but it also has like all the other ones have like this little plate on the top of them that covers the area where this rotation happens, like prevents it from getting wet. Hmm. This mm. one does not have this plate over that area. So the bearings are getting rained on for 30 years. Potentially, yeah. So, you know, look, they're, they've been fine this entire time. It may come back in the future. Uh, I will probably just replace the dang thing uh, at that point because, again, how expensive how, could it really be? How are you on ladders and roofs? I got to know. Uh, my wife wasn't super happy about me doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, I felt okay once I got up there. Uh, but the getting up there part didn't feel super great. I'll say. Yeah. So, Not, and uh, to be clear, this is a peaked roof, pe- pitched, peaked? pitched. Yeah. Pitched. pitched roof. It's a, it's a, you know, it looks like a, it's got a, it's got a, uh, you know, like triangular type roof. Uh, <laughs> so when you, you climb up, you kind of have to like lean, lean into the climb. Yep. And mm-hmm. the last, the last couple steps is the, again, the ladder is not super tall. Is part of the problem. 
uh, you really got to put some faith that you're not going to slide right back off the the roof immediately. (laughs) Um, But once you're all on there, it's fine. Yeah. The the roofing that we have here makes uh, for a wonderful mixed use. Right. So we have we have a flat roof, um, which is great because you can go out on it and I can stand on it and hang my Christmas lights on the second story by just standing there. Right. It's like not a big deal. I can even take a little A-frame ladder out there that's like four feet tall and just. Man, that yeah. sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, um, we have solar panels on the second story. So to get up there, you have to get an extension ladder that goes, you know, a full story's worth. You're already a story up. Now you're on an extension ladder on the second story. The roof siding actually is higher than the than the roof it's kind of like a parapet style design um mm. by a good two to th- th- three feet maybe so you kind of have to like do a leg swing off the ladder oh i don't know that i would feel so good <laughs> about that and precarious to me <laughs> uh you kind of like have to pitch and twist your foot off the ladder so that you can kind of straddle the roof in order to get over that roofing section and onto the lower roof, but you can't like rest on the coping on top of it. Cause that's just like a little thin metal meant to keep the water out of the roofing. Right. So you kind of have to do it all in one motion. It's a little bit makes, I, I can't do it without somebody holding the extension ladder. I get too nervous that it's going to pitch underneath me yeah, as I twist my foot. And then, yeah. and then you're lost mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I uh, would not I, be super excited about doing what you just described. I'm not super afraid of much. Uh, I'm definitely not really afraid of heights. Uh, but for some reason, I get a little bit queasy doing that once a year when I got to go clean those things. Yeah, I got to say that the, the heights isn't the problem with getting up on that roof. The problem is that last step where you sort of just have to trust that you're now on the roof and not on the ladder anymore and everything is cool. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, that would be the scary part, if there's a scary part. Um, the the climbing up the ladder to how high the ladder goes, yeah, whatever. Like, that's not a big deal. Since we're talking about feet, can I, uh, can I chime in with something you guys talked about while uh, I was gone? Sure, please. Uh, Michael, you had a step challenge at work? Still going. Or a biking challenge is what they should call it? A uh, fitness challenge, yeah. The tie your pedometer to a fan. <laughs> you said something that you wished that they did that I thought you should know exists and in and is in an ecosystem you enjoy. Okay. Uh, you said you wished that you knew how far they were that you were getting by doing this thing. I don't know if you remember the Wii U pedometer. I do. Yeah. So we you fit had a system in in it where you could challenge other people on the Wii. So my wife and I would do this where we would both wear the pedometer and she would beat me every single day and uh the you put the information into the Wii U by tapping the pedometer or whatever. And Wii U fit takes that and you you choose a challenge course and the course is like Mount Fuji. Okay. So yeah. then so you're, you're they climbing put, up the top. Well, they don't just 
you don't just like oh you walked up the side of mount fuji and back down right like you've walked the exact height of mount fuji no they have the hiking trail that is the hiking trail to get up mount fuji with all the landmarks and everything marked on it so you could know like if you had gone to mount fuji and hiked it it would take you nine days the amount of steps you take per day or whatever pretty sweet that's pretty cool i like that i thought it was kind of like an interesting way to do it and they did that all over the world on different like cool trails and stuff like that and they you could like read stuff about what you had just passed like oh if you're hiking kilimanjaro you just passed base camp one you know this is how you get to hike everest without ruining the uh environment (laughs) (laughs) yes but the pedometer has to detect that you've uh done it all you're walking inside of a freezer (laughs) <laughs> yeah i just thought it was a cool little thing i didn't know if you had remembered or known about uh that maybe other people should do i mean it was a cool i don't know why they never did one for the switch it's weird yeah there are there are the uh, fitbit badges that do sort of the same thing they don't oh. they're you know not super informational but yeah. It's you've walked the length well, of the Great Wall of China or the coastline of North America or. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it was the Nintendification of, you know, a Fitbit is made for informational purposes. And the Nintendo is like, look at these cool graphical representations of everything, which is why uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah. And speaking of things stuck on the on the Wii U. There's some good games that they should port over. What the heck, Nintendo? Yeah, man. Uh, where's Xenoblade Chronicles uh, X? X? Is that, yeah, yeah, dude. X. Where is that game? That game's all right. I, I, was, uh, I, I think I have Wind it. Where's Wind Waker HD port? Dude, <laughs> like, Wind, that one's where, the most obvious thing. Where is the Switch port of Wind Waker? Come on. They've got to be working on that now. I mean... what? You don't need to do it again. It was already HD. What else do you want, man? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, hey, you know, it took them like 19 years, but we got Prime. How is that, Michael? Uh, I wish I could tell you. Uh, wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. I have not gotten to boot it up yet. Remakes. We, I mean, I never thought I'd be part of the where the Nintendo remakes crowd, but like it seems to me the pace of games for the Switch has slowed a little bit. And um, if they're not going to bring out a new thing, bring on the remakes, man faster they're gonna bring out a new thing man it it gotta be this console is like seven or eight years old now come on eight years old is it still selling like gangbusters though i know i mean it's a good system like just upgrade it don't don't change it just upgrade it seriously you know the new new switch you know and that new one is better and then yeah fine and switch to all the, all the games on the old one are going to run at 10 fps but the new one i <laughs> don't get just, you to 30 just switch to come on all right uh guys we've done a lot of talking uh here and i need now that andy is back i have i'm sorry michael uh-oh uh, got, I know where this is. I know where this is going. We gotta talk about F one, Andy. Have you been paying attention? <laughs> We're two races in, Michael. And uh, wow, is the season just over, 11. Andy? Are we done? Just give him the crown. We can. We can all watch Formula One point five now. Did, did we? I mean, I was watching Formula One point five 
in the first race. The second race, I was like, there's not going to be a way he does this, right? There's no way he does this, right? Yeah. I, I think the book is closed on, on the quality of Max Verstappen as a driver. Michael, yeah, he started sure. he started in 15th and finished second. 15th you, out of 20, to be clear. Ooh. You don't do that in F1. At least no one else does. And it was it was fifteenth out of fifteenth out of twenty. He finishes second, and there's a sizable gap. Uh, what it was third. it like? No, well, so Alonso was five seconds behind him. Uh, more than five. You know, like <sighs> six or seven, I think, by the end. Well, but, but his yeah, his finish time was yeah. So it must have been six or seven. So I mean, his teammate finished but, in first but, by a country but mile. Max after the max, at, yeah. So like from Max to the first place guy is another like five six but he's been in first the whole race right and no one was close ever to him right and they're like and you know they're max admits that like in the last you know he it takes him most of the race to get up there but once he's there you know instead of pushing to try and overtake the other red bull driver he admits to like turning it down and like not pushing anymore Well, he also said after he pushed that car it took him all the way hold on we also have to say Okay, the race was 56 laps, Michael. All right. It took him 25 laps to do it. That's not right. It's nuts. It makes no... There was a safety car in there that helped him out by squeezing a the lot. field together. It helped him a lot, yeah. Okay. It squeezes the field together, which gives him DRS, uh, which is like ex- extra Ton- acceleration. Tons of, tons of overtaking opportunities because everyone's yeah. close, you know. Um. And, you know, people's pit strategies, et cetera, really lined up to help him out. It just happened to be that way. But holy cow, to do it in 25 laps, even with a safety car. And then he gets to second, and it sounded like he maybe pushed the car beyond its limit. That thing was making some weird noises. Mm-hmm. By but the they, end, yeah. Yeah, but they let him, uh, they were just like, yeah, ride it out, man. If you burn it out, you burn it out. Get second place. It was a, yeah, I think the... I think Max said that, you know, they had him uh, after it was clear that like no one was going to catch them. You know, they had him back the mode down, you know, back his max pace down a little bit, like moderate his maximum speed that he would do, you know, until the very last lap where he's just they're just like, whatever, go for it. (laughs) You know, if you want to get the fastest lap, there's a a point involved for getting the fastest lap. Yeah. Go yeah. For it, you know? yeah 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 fastest lap was cool it was cool to see him get it um did you did you catch the radio before that no i didn't so the they they sometimes play the radio from the drivers to the teams uh to sort of give you you know here's what the player the people are talking about max comes over the radio and talks talking to his you know the engineer that that's guiding him it says what is my you know what is what is the fastest lap by checo who's the the guy in first uh and they they go we're not worried about that right now max <laughs> <laughs> and he goes yes but i am <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the third lot to last lap you know and then obviously they have some kind of conversation about it and he goes for it on the last one yeah um, which kept him in first place by one point it is the only that fastest lap is the only reason he continues to lead the championship otherwise he and the or whether well, it would be flipped, right? The second place driver would be in first. Uh, they would be tied, unless Checo got first last fastest lap, which he had before Max. Took oh, okay, it. okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you know, uh, very, 
a little bit of uh you know even though he's in second he still wants to win you can see you know mm-hmm. yeah so he ended um, up in 15th because his car broke down it wasn't really his fault as far as we could some sort of drive shaft problem yeah during qualifying that he had some sort of failure and wasn't able to set a competitive time and so then so, got kicked to last so michael session. to to put a not too fine a point on it people view Charles Leclerc as his most competent rival who started in 12th place, 13th place. Because he had a 10 place penalty. He got a 10 place penalty onto his qualifying time. I think he finished in like sixth. I can't Uh, remember. He finished up there, but yeah, it wasn't, it was like sixth because it was like, it was uh, Checo Verstappen, uh, Russell, Alonzo Hamilton. I don't was, remember something like that. Something like that. And the Mercedes so he, had beat the Ferraris though by that point. Yeah. 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 That uh Ferrari car is not good, maybe. I think but it may be fine, but, but really also bad skills, at certain tracks. Yeah. The skills may not be as tight. I don't know. Uh the thing that has interested me in two races this season is that F1 seemed like when I first started kind of getting into it after watching drive to survive, um, it seemed like, okay, whoever has the best cars are always going to be at the front. No questions asked. Um, and bad cars and bad drivers always at the back, et cetera, et cetera. This season seems to have turned a the corner on that math, which was holding true for a little while, which is good cars seem to be able to push bad drivers way up the grid. Lance Stroll is outperforming every expectation of himself. Yeah. Uh, I think that that car must be amazing. I, I cannot so I, imagine if you put yeah. that car in Kevin Magnuson's hands where he would be on the grid. Maybe not as high up as you want him to be is my I, is my answer there. I know I'm with you. I love that he got Haas, the Haas point. Yes, Haas got a point no. in what seems to be a pretty bad car again. The the, the really important thing to remember about the Haas, very Ferrari based. Yep. Right. They uh-huh. buy a lot of parts from Ferrari. They get their engine from Ferrari. If the Ferrari was at the front of the pack and running away with things, you might see the Haas, you know, doing really well. Yeah, but sadly, uh, no. But uh-huh. it does sound like that Aston Martin car uh, and Fernando Alonso in particular are just like world beaters, except that there's already like Galactus is already here and that's Red Bull. <laughs> and otherwise, these are like <laughs> the best people on the planet Earth. And well, there you go. It's only Fernando Alonso and you only get third place. I, I can't imagine a Fernando's not pushing that car to its absolute limit and B that we're not going to hear halfway through the season that some sort of part on there is not legal. Oh, uh, he's, he's driving the wheels off that car, man. You know, he, he is doing like the utmost and yeah. it's clear because like you, you know, it's the same machinery, right? He and Lance have this, the same car, especially this early in the season where like maybe as the season goes on, they introduce upgrades and they only have time to get one and they put it on the better driver. Like that stuff happens at the beginning. They make two cars. <laughs> You know, yeah. they're not making like the good car and the like fail son car, <laughs> <laughs> which is the the old uh, Haas issue. Right. With with uh, Schumacher last season was like, look, Magnuson's driving the the this thing the new hotness through yeah, the gotta, wall, like, man. Like 
you got to perform. They're the same car, which is holding true so far. Magnuson, Hulk, and Berger on top of each other the whole race. I think the bigger problem with Schumacher was like they were doing. He was doing fine in t- when he was racing. The problem was when he wasn't, he was crashing, <laughs> and that is a problem for Haas, which is a cheap team and doesn't have the money to you know, replace parts and all that. Yeah, finish. Well, doesn't the race. want to have that money for that, right? Right. Uh, but. So then this is the like the bonkers thing about this, right? The red the two Red Bulls run away with the race and it's not close. Fernando Alonso comes in third. Did you hear the post race stuff? I saw so Michael, if you get a penalty during the race, uh which Alonso did at the beginning, right? Five seconds for uh start start infraction. He was not his car was misaligned in his box at the start. Like he was over the line to the left or something or on the line to the left anyway not where he was supposed to be within the box you know you're supposed to be in a certain way the box is slightly bigger than your car but you can't be on the line or like off to the side or anything you have to be inside the box and he was not we all know Malonzo doesn't make mistakes so uh advantage question mark who knows they give i mean who knows right they give him a five second penalty so michael i think i don't know if we've described this before but if you get a penalty during the race you have to serve it on your pit stop. If if you have a pit stop, right? Okay. If you make a stop. Otherwise, they tack it onto your time at the end. Yes. Uh, so you pull into the pit. The car has to fully stop rolling. And no one is allowed to touch it for five seconds. It, here's the thing. The wording on this rule is very strange. No one can touch it for five seconds while, or for the amount of time the penalty is being served. And no work can be performed on the car during that time. It's worded very weird, and I don't know why, and this will come back up later. I guess okay. because because you could, in theory, not touch it but fix something. I was going to say, yeah, are they trying to close a loophole they word it, that? They worded the rule so weird. You'll hear why the what happens happens. And so, so the race ends. Happens, the race ends. Fernando Alonso is in third place. Third everyone's, place. Everyone's they, they have they have lose, the ceremony. They're losing they their the minds. Aston Martin team is over the moon. A 10 second penalty will be assessed for Fernando Alonso for infractions on his serving of his time. And that puts him down to fourth. Because the third place person now overtakes him with that. So George time. Russell, who uh, is beating himself up over getting passed by Alonzo earlier in the race and not catching back up, uh, is told while fuming in the pit that he is now third place. Congratulations. Uh, sorry, you didn't and get to go on the podium. And they take the trophy from Alonzo and give it to Russell, right? Like, hmm. <laughs> while Alonzo is, like, celebrating with his team, they take the trophy away from him and walk over to where George Russell is doing interviews and give him the trophy. And then, understandably, the Aston Martin team is outraged and is like, we what's file the infraction? Yeah. What's, like, what's well, the infraction? What did, what did we do? What did we do? They say he someone touched the car. Right. And to be fair, this happened in the previous race. Someone on the Alpine team served, had a penalty. Right. And it wasn't served properly because someone like a mechanic or someone went in and touched the car with their screwdriver or whatever before the time was served legitimate penalty they did the wrong thing right they touched it too early like you could see you know they they did the freeze frame analysis on the the clock as it's ticking down and there's like 
some point milliseconds on there and the guy's wrench is touching the car. Easy. Good. The video on Alonzo's stop, no person is touching the car, but the rear jack, like the, the person who lifts the car up, the rear jack is touching the car. Not the person, though. So does that count as doing work on the car? And this is the argument that Aston Martin says. Well, there, we had these meetings about this stuff after the last race that said we everyone agreed that this is not working on the car. And, you know, they're like the front jack is allowed to touch the car, like by explicit agreement, uh, not in the rules, uh, but like by explicit agreement that everyone else has because. Yeah, because it helps the front to jack. safety, safety pro, uh, issue. Right. You, you want the front jack there so that the car stops and so that the car can be guided into the correct place in the pit box. Otherwise, like they could be off to the left or off to the right and hit people and all sorts of things. Right. Sure. And so that's allowed to touch the car. And that's okay. By agreement, it's not in the rules, right? So if you apply the letter of the law, every car needs to be penalized because they're all doing this, right? And meanwhile, Aston Martin submits video evidence of like eight other stops that should be penalized now under this rule. Sure. And the people are like, yeah, you know what? We were wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> penalty unrescinded. You can have third place back. Yeah, what are, what are they doing? <laughs> I hope one of the two of them just smashed that trophy. Right? Yeah, like people like this is okay. If this is the problem, right? And there you want to decide that the rules need to change and you want to enforce the letter of these laws. Okay. You had a good hour of race to review this footage and make this decision? Yeah. And explain to it them later instead of changing your mind again. Yeah. And then they could have come back to you and said like, oh, no, this is the, the rules and here's how it works and blah, blah, blah. Like that all could have been done while other people were off doing stuff and the race was happening and like nothing exciting was happening on the track. You know, we didn't need to like have this after the fact kerfuffle that takes 48 hours to resolve or whatever or eh, less than 48, but like, you know, 16 hours to resolve unbelievable this is a professional sporting organization <laughs> are they? i mean millions of dollars on the line <laughs> yeah yeah and like you know if they wanted this to be the way the rules were worded they could just take that part about working on the car off and just say no one can touch the car rule is clear <laughs> no one can touch it right nothing can touch the car very clear then right but they add all these weird little wiggle rules in there that like now there's an agreement that was talked about by with everyone before the race. And that makes a difference. But that wasn't in the rules. So like what is, you know, I, I, I imagine if we have any lawyers listening, all of them are like, oh, my God, this is being decided based on verbal agreements. What's going on? <laughs> like the drama off the track is better than the drama on the track, Andrew. I think that's the Formula One. It seems to be the Formula One's MO. I mean, I, I thought there was a decent amount of drama watching Verstappen go from 15 to 2. There's so a lot of people. really good. Some some people get, you know, I mean, they're tired of Red Bull, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I mean, they're just, they're the best car. I don't get, make the other teams better. But the, the yeah. real problem is they have by far the best driver. He's just that good. Yeah. Um, I think the it's clear, right? Like at this point, you people shouldn't be arguing that the best driver on the grid is probably Max Verstappen. And unless his car explodes, which it has happened and yes. I'm sure will continue to happen. 
based on what happened during this race, right? Like they fixed <laughs> that drive shaft and it was still kind of doing something weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that will continue to happen. So, um, yeah. you know, there's still chances to win, right? But the, the, yeah, I mean, the drama is happening in the middle as it always does. And this season I've, I'm mid season on drive to survive. I don't really have a review of it per se, other than to say, it's a little bit odd this time around because they seem to be taking issues and exposing them in episodes and it's causing like major time jumps all over the place. Um, whereas like the previous seasons were mostly linear. Yeah. They might jump a, a race ahead and then jump back the next episode. But like the, you know, like the porpoising issue had them going to like six or seven races. And then you're like back to the preseason. The next episode It's very odd. Um, a lot is definitely like with the way that season played out is like, they didn't do anything about porpoising for 90% of this, like a large part of the season, right? It was just like, well, we have a bunch of races where the drivers are like bouncing up and down. Like it's yeah. a seesaw. You can see them like jiggling in the camera. It's like, right. blah, 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 blah. and even the episode about it was like, didn't explain the problems. Most of the cars were having other than the thing that we all know, which was they're too close to the ground. <laughs> it's like, okay. What did the teams do about it? What did the drivers say about it? Like none of it really was in there. It was like all radio chatter and it was a whole strange thing where it was like somebody on a checklist said we had to deal with the porpoising issue. So we had to have an episode about it and then we just sort of threw it in the middle of like, yeah, it's very I mean, strange. That, that one in particular, I, I haven't seen the drive to survive, uh, but I do know that the FIA stepped in and was like, look, this is becoming a driver safety problem. So, yeah, all I you mean, teams must raise your cars. Like, it, period. <laughs> this is the solution. Right? Unless, unless yeah. there's another episode about it later. I haven't looked ahead to see if there was. The only meeting they had was when the FIA showed up and they had a little like carousel of chairs. They just sort of all sat down, and uh, Christian Horner sat there and was like, "We don't have an issue. Everybody else should fix their cars." And Toto Wolf just started screaming, and then that was the end of the episode. <laughs> It's like, what is happening here? I mean, but that is true, right? Like Red Bull wasn't oscillating as bad as all the other cars were, yeah. right? Like their aerodynamics made that not a problem where it was for literally everyone else. Yeah, but the, right? the like backroom talking, the the FIA stepping in, the drivers basically rioting, the like none of it was in there. Yeah, that's like, I wonder is the... Yeah, are they afraid of showing like yeah. know, the labor action side where like the drivers are banding together being like we won't t- tolerate this because that's going to encourage them if they want to strike for better pay or something, you know, like <laughs> are they afraid of that kind of stuff? Not that they aren't paid well. I don't know, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, who knows. It, one thing I do uh, appreciate about F1 in contrast to a lot of other leagues with uh yeah, F1 has a budget cap um you know just like football and basketball and baseball kind of and basketball kind of i guess i mean Uh, yeah and newly instituted rules about all that yeah but you know one thing that doesn't count towards the budget cap driver salaries yeah yeah that's Hmm. a good policy well yes and no i mean williams will never be able to get a good driver right because they can't pay for the price for one uh you know a game of big fish and small fish. What do you do? Right. Uh, instituting a cap on driver pay just means that Lewis Hamilton and people like him get screwed. 
where like they could command more if it was possible, but they can't get it. Right. Yeah. I don't know so. what the middle road is. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, the, I, I don't know how the you less how paid you drivers it. should get some sort of profit sharing or something to help them with their pay, or you know, the team should get some sort of help so that they can pay for drivers that don't suck. Yeah, I I don't know how you solve that problem, uh, like on the team's end for sure. Right? Like, what if one year Williams builds an amazing car and nobody ever knows it because they don't have a driver that can drive it? Well, some of the uh, statistics people have said that Williams has one of the fastest cars. It's pure speed, but the car is at the back because everything else about it isn't good, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, well, they have like the fastest car if it was a drag race, which it is not, <laughs> right? <laughs> you do have to turn, yes. Yeah, unlike the and not just one direction like NASCAR, you know, you got to go multiple directions. Boom. Uh, I do enjoy every year, though, they run out videos of various F1 drivers driving NASCAR cars, and all of them look like they're having the times of their lives being like, oh, this is so easy, <laughs> like straightforward, <laughs> I just get to have fun driving it. And then the like NASCAR drivers are like, wow, they're really good at this. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Who could say? Anything else we want to talk about, Michael? Did you get up to anything other than what we've talked about here so far? Uh, we started watching, uh, the new season of Mando. Mando, Mando, Mando. Spoiler warning that I don't want spoilers. No, no, no. We'll (laughs) do, yeah, we'll do no spoilers. I can, I can just give you some, some initial impressions and maybe my thoughts on, on some of the common sentiments that I have seen, uh, people lobbing at the first couple of episodes. There are common sentiments. I already know I don't like this phrase. I don't know that it's common sentiments so much as, you know, the the loudest people filtering to the the front of the discussion. Right. Now don't grease those squeaky wheels until I've seen it. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'll, I'll just tell you that I have I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and it definitely it has some moments of kind of slow burn where I think you need to just give it space to breathe. Uh, I like stuff like that, though. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Yeah. Westerns, y'all. Yeah. So there there were complaints about the first episode. To me, the first episode, they just set a bunch of plates spinning. And I am confident, based on the two seasons that they've done so far, that they're, you know, all those plates are going to matter come come the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. I... Hmm. Is it a spoiler if I ask how they address the stuff that happened in Book of Boba Fett? Um, Andy, Andy, answer before Michael says anything. I guarantee I know the answer. Okay. The show just starts. Yeah, do they say anything about it, or are you just assumed to have seen that? They they do a they do a brief intro where they touch on the, so you know how how episodes will do previously on Mando. On the mm-hmm. first episode, they do a previously in Book of Boba Fett, and they do just like a quick, it's literally a quick exactly over what of, I expected. Yeah, yeah, okay. a quick glazing over of like here are the the things that you absolutely need to know that went on and we're in. Okay, I mean I, I saw that, so I'm not too worried, but like I definitely know people who skipped it and. 
are going to be sad now probably yeah. or maybe are already sad i'm not talking to them about it because i haven't seen it yeah well yeah. i get it they should have titled the book of Bo- boba fett with the mando title because honestly it was a mando side story it really was and i think that's the a Man- little bit of the a mandalorian failure. colon this one is about boba fett <laughs> yeah you could have called it the mandalorian you know tales from the mandalorian <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, this is how those books worked, right? Like, there were side stories of a lot of the the expanded universe books, and they titled them so you knew, like, oh, this is part of that series. It's just a side thing, and um, I don't think that's on the viewer not to be like, I don't, you know, I don't want to watch Boba Fett as an old guy or whatever that show's about, and then not finding out that it was actually a Mandalorian show. It was a fun surprise for the rest of us. All right. Yeah. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett, a Mandalorian side story, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Rogue Two. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other, like, <laughs> what are other uh, subtitles we could use? Uh, all right. Well, uh, I uh, good stuff. I wanted to point out to everyone that... Uh, People should watch everything everywhere all at once. I'm very excited about the number of Oscars that it won. I want it to be on something other than Showtime, please. Yeah, I assume that will happen here eventually. Um, all I can say is uh, good for them. And I guess uh, maybe I'll just rent it. I guess that's also an option, right? Yeah. $3, uh, yeah. Amazon. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll show up eventually one of these days, so up to you. Uh, otherwise, it was great having you guys back. Glad we could catch up. Yay, the, the trio. And for the folks out there, Andy, where can they find us? Uh, podcast at wimergamers.com. Yeah. It's an email address <laughs> for uh, sending in emails. I know you guys wanted to do some emails, so maybe we'll, uh, you know, send in questions, comments, concerns. Don't don't send mando spoilers come on yeah uh, why would you do we've that? we've joined the real internet discourse now and called for a switch to on this podcast after five years of waiting so uh now we're hip and cool and part of the memes so you can email us or yeah or go to our youtube youtube.com slash at we were gamers or look on podcast apps for we were gamers uh there's some interesting stuff out there yeah they're all broken into timelines youtube added some sort of feature i haven't figured it out yet uh that is podcast related so stay tuned while i try to sort through that and i also noticed an oopsie that i did for like five episodes in a row that no one caught which is uh during an episode when jj and i were recording video we had a crash and i had made this little logo that said oops crash and left it over the video of that episode. But it was on a part of the timeline that I couldn't see unless I scrolled up. And so every episode after that continued to have that overlaid. <laughs> <laughs> at, that, at that specific time. At that time. exact moment. Uh, so I wonder in 10 years if there'll be a bunch of comments about that. That'll be funny to figure out. Uh, but YouTube's fun for that reason, in my opinion. So. We'll get on there and find out, folks, what it is that he's talking about. We're back. We'll be able to talk about Octopath next week. 
Yeah, there's a there's a chance we'll have a new roadmap by then. Woohoo!